0: And then we'll, we'll dive into it this morning. Okay.
1: <clears throat> Luke chapter 2, verse 1. In those days, our decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told them. Thank you, Lord, for this amazing, beautiful account of what you did for us. Lord, um, we thank you that we uh, can celebrate the fact that you came to us and that you are still here with us. And we thank you for so many gifts that you've given us, Lord. We pray um, that our lives would reflect and display the love that you have invested in our world and in our hearts. And um, we pray and commit this time to you, and we pray and ask that um that your words would just plant themselves in our hearts this morning as Jonathan shares um, the truths of this scripture with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
0: Amen and amen. Thank you, Chris, uh, for reading and uh, praying for us. Everybody, Merry Christmas. It's so good to be together with you all. Um, I was struck by the, the amount of plaid in the room. Um, so maybe afterwards, everybody wearing some plaid or flannel, you can get together for a little picture. That'd be great. Got to think about social media. Put it out there, right? Okay, Christmas is astonishingly good news for us. If so I can say that word, Christmas is astonishingly, astonishingly, right? It's really, really, really good news for us, right? Now, many of us have a favorite Christmas movie. You could probably name yours, right? That movie we watched to essentially kick off the season um, and prepare for Christmas it becomes a family tradition for many of us uh, any guesses what it is in the Schrader household Ooh, very close that would be the propes so the family I married into would be Christmas vacation but it is elf somebody said elf right okay it is elf and some of you it is die hard which is not a Christmas movie but that's okay For lots of people, though, it's also the movie Home Alone. Anybody have it? Okay, Shekinah, that's their movie. And uh, we're getting really close to the point where Home Alone doesn't have much of a common memory for us culturally, because we're all a little bit older now. Do you know that his mother in the movie was 36, like that character that played Kevin's mother was 36? How old do you all feel now? Um, but this, I saw this meme this week that essentially describes what would happen if Home Alone happened today, right? And you can see in the meme that Kevin is like, okay, where's mom and dad? And then he just gets his phone and he texts and says, mom, I'm home alone. And she responds, we just boarded the plane, but I'll get off the plane and come right home. The end, right? It's like, how boring would that be? We'd miss all the adventure. This is why cell phones are awful. Right. We should get rid of them. Never let your children have them unless they're home alone. And then it's a real big help. Right. But you miss like the adventure of the story, even the maturing of Kevin as a character. Right. And as a kid, the mayhem, the wonder. And you would lose it all because of innovation. Right. Essentially. And that meme stirred me to think of ways that we innovate essentially ourselves out of wonder, that we no longer get excited about things that should just blow our minds, that should be so amazing. Things meant to astonish us essentially become routine and meaningless in our life. And into that reality enter Christmas, right? And I wonder, have we adapted so much or enough to domesticate Christmas, essentially? To make it a scripted, like, you-can-predict-it Hallmark movie, where the poor girl always marries the European prince. Right? Those are awful. That's okay. You can watch them, sweetie. But I wonder, do, like, do our routines and traditions essentially then for us dilute the scandal of this birth in a manger that is declared in Scripture and that the angels sung about? And today I want us just to spend a little bit of time to reclaim some of the wonder and essentially set our hearts to singing this good news of great joy once again. And I want to just make two observations from Luke's account of the birth of Christ that should set us right, that should put us in a posture of being astonished at how great this arrival and this news is. And it hopefully will fill our hearts with hope along the way. And it's essentially that this babe, the son of Mary, he is God and he is humble. So we start with he is God. And we've got another picture here. This is uh, the multitude of angelic beings proclaiming the glory of God here as the shepherds look on. And we've heard it in the story, right? The angels are communicating to the shepherds, announcing this good news of great joy. A Savior who is not only a Savior, not somebody who's good that's going to rescue them, but he is Christ the Lord, the one who has been promised from the ancient of days. And they say, this will be the sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And then suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Read one commentary this week that suggested this was not just a big number of angels, but this was all of the angels. Because this is God born in a manger. This is the incarnation, God becoming flesh for us. And the angels praise God because he's lying there in this manger that they are declaring. And it's a real scandal for us. Even ChatGBT knows what a scandal the incarnation is. And that wonderful piece of AI says that divine in human form, this concept of God taking on human form is startling. In the incarnation, Jesus is both fully God and fully human. This union of divinity and humanity in one person challenges traditional views of divine as transcendent and distant from human experiences. Don't go to ChatGPT for your theology. You know, check it first, right? But this is, it is scandalous. This is huge. Like we just think God's like this fairy that we can rub a lamp and get our uh, wishes all done up for us just right. Or someone that we control or God has to be made in my image and do the things that I want. But instead he says, no, I'm going to enter into this human space and let them in on this glory. This babe in the manger is the eternal son. We see this truth from John's account of the gospel. He says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And a little further on John will say and the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we have seen his glory glory as of only the, the only son from the father full of grace and truth. This is God taking on flesh and among, along with the Father and the Spirit, the Son fully and equally shares this divine nature. And as the image and exact correspondence of the Father, the Son is fully God. And all of God's perfections and attributes are His since Christ is the Son of God. And as the Son, He participates then in the divine rule of all things. He receives divine worship from angelic beings, and he does all the divine works that he does as the Son. And it's this one that has come to live among us. He's not a prince born to a royal house. This is God entering into our existence, not even a kingly experience as we would expect it, right? He enters in to what is the most vulnerable moment of humanity, and he takes it on for us. Lucy Shaw, a poet, wrote this poem called Mary's Song, and she says, "He quiet, quiet he lies, whose vigor hurled a universe. He sleeps whose eyelids have not closed before." Where we might expect God to be distant in he unapproachable. He is not, in fact, far off. He is so interested in our lives that the eternal son sets aside the power that we expect him to work. And he does that for something glorious for us. Paul will say in his letter to the Philippian church, Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with a God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form. This is the babe who the angels are singing and announcing and pronouncing glory to God. He knows your frame and He only can save you. So, what child is this? He is. God the Son, the one whom the angels sing of. As one writer says, ultimately the scandal of the Incarnation is this profound mystery that actually challenges our understanding and expectations. And it invites us each Christmas to reconsider our preconceived notions of God and instead embrace the humility, the vulnerability, and love that is demonstrated in the person of Jesus Christ. Another... Scholar says that God is, according to the Westminster Shorter Catechism, infinite, eternal, and unchangeable in his being, wisdom, power, holiness, justice, goodness, and truth. He made heaven and earth, and he works all things according to the power of his will. He is holy, holy, holy. The God who sits enthroned in heaven and to whom the nations of the earth are like a drop in the bucket, this God condescends he comes down god who is superior to us in whom we live and move and have our being is a condescending god the greatest and most wonderful example then of god's condescension is the incarnation of our lord jesus and god became man and took on flesh and the creator became a creature The one who hung the stars lays helpless in a manger. The one who we teach our children is so big and so strong and so mighty became so tiny and so weak and so powerless. The king of the angels was made a little lower than the angels. The creator of time entered into time. The one whose everlasting arms are underneath his people lay vulnerable In his mother's arms. And there is no greater condescension. It's beyond illustration. Beyond comparison. That God condescends. Is our only hope in life and death. And without God coming down. There would be no salvation for you and me. There would be no good news. It is the glory of our God. That he condescends. That he comes among us. So God has taken on flesh. This is amazing this is astonishing but there's more because he is humble and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn was it a cave was it a stable a stall with animals whichever it was it was humble the awaited Christ the generations longed to have come surely he would have been born in a palace surely he would have been born in somewhere clean or even in a time where birth wasn't so dangerous his lineage certainly wouldn't be uh, it would be untainted by outsiders or sinners but instead he's laid in a manger there's no room in the inn For him, he is not out of reach, and the manger is our sign of his proximity to us. John Piper says the sign is the manger. In fact, this must have sounded so wildly scandalous to the shepherds. They probably did not even think that they heard the angel correct right he announced savior christ lord that's who the angel said had been born savior right the deliverer from all of our enemies maybe even more christ the messiah the fulfiller of all the promises of god and lord as in an angel of the lord appeared to them and the glory of the lord shone around them this savior christ and lord is lying in a what and this is The sign, no other king anywhere in the world was lying in a feeding trough. You find him and you find the king of kings. And you will know something, something utterly crucial about his kingship because he's come in a humble place. So, Jesus, He is God, but He is approachable, relatable, humble, and able to save. And this is mysterious and wonderful for us. And His life is going to go on to bear it out, isn't it? Right? And His ministry is going to make His humility clear to us. In a space of time where He was even answering a question that was confirming that He was the one that was to come. Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. And things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. And this is his announcement to us. Come to me, All who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The Messiah, the one who has been promised to bring the kingdom of God to bear, to rule his people for all of eternity lies in a manger. It's a picture for us of his humility toward us. His heart is one of mercy and grace toward us. This babe born to Mary will bring rest to weary souls like a And the manger is meaningful because God has come to save. He is near and he joyfully gives what we need for forgiveness, salvation, purpose, and hope to get through our days. And this is is a gift to be received. There's not a ladder to climb. There's not a program to form, perform, but there is belief in the one who has come that is before us. The one who calls the restless to himself to find satisfaction in him, to find his kingdom. This is who the child is, our rescuer, our king. Pastor says the incarnation displays the greatness of God. Our God is the eternal God who was born in a stable, not a distant, withdrawn God. Our God is a humble, giving God, not a selfish, grabbing God. Our God is a purposeful, planning God, not a random, reactionary God. Our God is a God who is far above us and whose ways are not our ways, not a God we can put in a box and control, and our God is a God who redeems us by his blood. Not a God who leaves us in our sin. Our God is great indeed. Hail, hail the word made flesh. The babe, the son of Mary. May we see his heart for us. May we rejoice at his arrival. May we be forever changed By his grace, God really has taken on flesh. He really has humbled himself even to the cross for you. The greatest gift, that which makes every angel sing, that which becomes the compass of our lives forever. Christmas is astonishingly good news for us. I want to close with the words of Augustine as he said the maker of man became man. The word of the Father by whom all time was created was made flesh and was born in time for us. He without whose divine permission no day completes its course wished to have one day set aside for his human birth. In the bosom of his father, he existed before all the cycles of ages. Born of an earthly mother, he entered upon the course of the years on this day. The maker of man became man, that he, ruler of the stars, might be nourished at his mother's breath, That he, the bread, might hunger. That he, the fountain, might thirst. That he, the light, might Sleep, that he, the way, might be wearied by the journey, that he, the truth, might be accused by false witnesses, that he, the judge of the living and the dead, might be brought to trial by a mortal judge, that he, justice, might be condemned by the unjust, that he, discipline, might be scourged with whips, that he, the foundation, might be suspended upon a cross, that courage might be weakened, that healer might be wounded, that life. Might die to endure these and similar indignities for us to free us, unworthy creatures. He who existed as the Son of God before all ages without a beginning, deigned to become the Son of Man in these recent years. He did this, although he who submitted to such great evils for our sake had done no evil, and although we, who were the recipients of so much good at his hands, had done nothing to merit these benefits, begotten by the Father, he was not made by the father he was made man in the mother whom he himself had made so that he might exist here for a while sprung from her who could never and nowhere have existed except through his power and this is astonishingly good news for us will you pray with me Oh, Lord, Jesus, in a, even our best attempts, we fall short at being astonished at your arrival, at being taken by the truth that you are God and that you are humble, you are approachable, that you came to save. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would make that truth more apparent to our hearts as we go through this season of Christmas and celebration and time with friends and family. Lord, for those that are without, that you would be our satisfaction, that you would fill that void that we for so long felt, that we truly would be astonished, that you would come and give of yourself and call us your own forever. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.